What's up, Beaver fam? It's Tanner Smith, Morgan State Baseball. You're listening to the Belligerent Beavs podcast. Go Beavs and chop. Oh my God, the Jersey game on this fucking podcast right now is ridiculous. I might need to change. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? I'm joined, uh, this is Terry Horseman on the 71st episode of the Belligerent Beavs podcast. I am joined by Chad Johnson and Sharif Abdurrahim. It is actually the year 2001 right now, uh, <laughs> based on what these fucking guys are wearing. Chad, thank you so much for uh, for joining. <laughs> uh, apologies to uh, the the listeners, especially the ones who have been tweeting at Chad constantly. I don't have Chad on the show. Uh, o- Ocho is coming, and and maybe maybe sooner than anyone really thinks. Um, there might there may or may not be something in the works uh this is a a, a terrible way to tease the opening of, uh, of the show because uh if we don't pull it off everyone will be mad at us but if we do heroes. what's up everyone welcome to a very 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 victorious 71st episode of the richard beast podcast i'm laughing because benny just did the thing he does at jp how often would you say every other episode where At he decides that we get started and then he puts his finger up and and leaves without even muting himself. Uh, <laughs> I do see at least one of his dogs in the background. So if his dog starts barking, we'll have some audio coming from Tacoma. Uh, but JP, tell the people a little bit about what you got on. You look like you're uh, the one ginger uh, extra from a two live crew video with your <laughs> with your hat and your chain and your and your drippy ass jersey. What what what? Explain this to me. Where did this come from? So our provider for our merch dropped a couple new products, and one of them uh, was a football jersey. And what's great is that this is like an all over print, which essentially means we could put graphics on any area of the jersey. And we were able to take our Fiesta jerseys that we dropped last year and port it over to a full-blown football jersey. It is stretchy and breathable and comfortable, and we've got them in black and white. So check them out at the merch store. Right, and because you can put the graphics anywhere, what we did was we superimposed Benny's face on the interior upside down. So you do that <laughs> soccer goal celebration and pull it over your face, you just have Benny's face on your face. <laughs> and that's my face, not the beaver. And that's how everyone can get a good quaff. Benny's back from his... <laughs> Brief minute and a half long hiatus in a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey. Is that what is that Mike Bibby? Is that Shreve Abdurrahim? Yeah, it's Mike Bibby. It's Bibby. Okay. Yeah. Do you look like Mike Bibby? I mean, no. Isn't Mike Bibby like kind of kind of weird looking? No, didn't he get like? Have you seen Mike Bibby lately? No, like strange looking. I'm I'm trying to say this in a way where it's I, I you're a very handsome man, Benny. But it, when Be- when Bibby was in his career, the prime of his career, you two did not look alike. But I feel like he has morphed 
his physical shape to where he doesn't look like himself anymore. I'm trying to figure out who he looks like. Oh, I'm I want to I want to look at this. He's like one giant muscle now. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, his tattoos are all fucked up because he got so muscular. Yeah. Jesus. It's really weird. It is really weird. But we're not here to talk about Mike, baby. We're here to just celebrate vibes. Uh, we've got a shitload to get to tonight. Oh, man. A lot has happened this week uh, since the last time. Uh, it's we, been a week. It's been a week. It is Monday, November 14th. <laughs> the snow is falling in Minneapolis, Minnesota right now. Uh, and it's 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 here to stay. But man, what what a weekend we had! What a weekend the beefs had uh, in in all sports. Uh, we launched our kind of soft launch our new platform. It's called Playback. Playback TV. Uh, the best thing to happen to TV since Fubo TV, and we all know how much we love Fubo TV on this show. Uh, yeah, if you've ever watched the Manning cast and been like, "Oh my God, I'm having so much fun right now." The only thing I'd change right now with this, if it was a beaver game and uh, the babies were here, uh, that's what this is. <laughs> and we're going to do it again and probably forever. <laughs> so the three of you who have thought that you get your wish, um, <laughs> we might do another little teaser this Saturday and they'll, we'll probably do our first sort of big blowout watch party for the bowl game. Because speaking of bowl games, we're for sure going to one. We've been bowl yeah. eligible for a while, but now guaranteed back-to-back seven wins. But, you know, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of the games as we do later in the show. But it's the opening segment, which is the vibe segment, the Reagan beers segment, the Benny with the good quaff, chillin' chillin' segment. Uh, how are you guys feeling on this on this uh, chilly Monday night into mid-November? I'm about to be out there. We're all going to be together for these basketball games and this uh, rivalry game with Oregon coming up. Uh, but it seems like all, all is well in Beaver Nation these days. Yeah, couldn't have asked for a better weekend uh, than, than what we got. I, I mean, the football team did what they're supposed to do. And we'll get it, into that more uh, later, but very happy sitting at seven and three. Um, and then also the, the men's and women's uh, basketball teams are off to a great start, too. So it is a great time to be a Beaver right now. Four, four basketball games done. Four wins. That's right. Jordan Pope, Pac-12 Freshman of the Week. We're getting to it, dog. Chill. <laughs> I had to remind you about soccer. Me. That's win. the first time ever. Just now. It's in the goddamn notes. You well, see it. I didn't forget. <laughs> now, now now we now we seem uh, discombobulated to the listener so well so, we are a so good job all right well now we're gonna get well uh, we're gonna recombobulate this thing yes men's soccer picked up the number eight seed uh no beaver bias by the ncaa selection committee for the soccer tournament which is refreshing uh after beating number one washington in washington again I don't know if we're getting sick of this, but yeah, the University of Washington Huskies men's soccer team, maybe you've heard, they're pretty good. They've <laughs> only lost three times in like the last three or four years at home. Total. Three times total. You know who they lost to in each of those games? Who? Your Oregon State Beavers. Hey. Jonathan Smith isn't the only co fall coach with big balls in Corvallis, baby. Very <laughs> big balls boss. And the number eight seed designation is significant for a number of reasons, but mainly uh, Oregon State men's soccer 
for a while it was like, will the committee give them the respect they need to even get in the tournament? They're back in the tournament and they have a first round bye. They'll play the winner of Portland and UC Riverside next Sunday at Lorenz at some time that has not been imagined. That is also the opening day of the World Cup, but only one match that day, uh, which is between Qatar and Ecuador. And so, you know, fuck the World Cup. Yeah, on multiple levels. Yeah, tune into Oregon State Men's Soccer Run instead. Yeah, I'm in. Messi Messi and Ronaldo are both washed. They're both washed. (laughs) I don't care. I want to talk about Dante Williams, dog. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Terry Boss. Like a boss. Mo Tiam. Ellis Spikner. Fuck the World Cup. <laughs> we'll, we'll get more. Unless our guys end up playing it. Someday. Unless, yeah. That's like, true. Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> they could. 2010, Robbie Findlay. Um, but yeah, so uh, keep your eyes peeled for more of fun, belligerent beefs TV announcements. Thank you to everyone uh, who who tuned in. Um, got yeah, what else? How the the rest of the weekend go for y'all? We were all together on Belligerent Beef TV. We we're together on Twitter Spaces. At least Benny and I were. I don't know what the fuck. T- what Elon, happened? Elon banned JP from the Twitter Spaces. <laughs> I was shadow banned. It was weird. I couldn't <laughs> no hear idea. Terry. I could hear everyone else but Terry, and I realized at that point I should probably just not say anything. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I talked that much, but nah. Yeah. It was a good. It was a good spaces. I. Uh, I think it was a little, little quieter than usual because I think the duck game was ending <laughs> at the, <laughs> the same time. Yeah, Ducks Huskies game. Oh man, I ended up hanging with a couple Husky fans later that night. Uh, they were happy. I bet. <laughs> we're, but but they weren't as happy as what you were, Terry. No. And, but I was happy just because of I, I really wanted a 38-10 win against Cal. <laughs> and, that's what, <laughs> and that's what happened. And then also my arch nemesis and now former offensive coordinator for the Cal Golden Bears, Bill Musgrave, who ruined Cordero Patterson on the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> we don't cheer for coaches to get fired on this podcast. But when I saw that Bill Musgrave got fired after not putting up a single offensive touchdown against the Beavs, I was like, Justice. <laughs> yeah, man. That was a uh, – um, Beeb's defense looked great, but Cal's offense was uh, not – Yikes. <laughs> not up to par. Hey, I got to say something too. Let me interject because this is something that I, I, I forgot to do last week, and I want to do it this week because I feel like the timing is maybe even better. But last week we talked a lot about butts. <laughs> yeah. Wait, la- last week or all 70 previous weeks of this show? <laughs> <laughs> And I wanted to give credit where credit's due. And now I think it's even more deserving since the University of Washington beat our rival, oh, yeah. the Oregon Ducks. So in honor of our brethren up north in Seattle, JP, please play five seconds of Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-a-Lot. I like big butts and I cannot lie. You other brothers can't deny. that fits like a puzzle piece man that's there you go so if you don't know sir mix a lot is from seattle yep yep and he loves butts yeah and we like butts you dub likes butts we all like butts see more butts yeah peach emoji peach emoji (laughs) peach emoji heart emoji peach emoji peach emoji Mm. (laughs) couldn't have said it better (laughs) exactly Exactly. Uh, yeah, and then also, uh, I don't know if you guys looked this up, 
we don't need to talk. We're not going to talk too much NFL football, but I do have to say if the NFL playoffs started today matched up in the first round would be the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers who both won yesterday. And honestly, I, I think I'm still drunk, not from drinking, but just from watching that Vikings bills game <laughs> and from drinking and from drinking, but mostly watching <laughs> the drunkest football game that has ever happened. Uh, shout out to Sam Whiteley of the Peyton years, who is a proud bills fan. And uh, I chose not to interact in, in the discord yesterday until hours <laughs> after the game was over. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I, all I have to say about that is Justin Jefferson, pretty good at football, man. <laughs> he is from another planet. You can't that game was the best football game I've ever watched. And I'm so glad that I did not have a dog in the fight. It would be so stressful. Dude, I was freaking out. And it, it occurred to me in the fourth quarter that I wish I didn't care. I'd be having a lot of fun if I didn't care. But I will say, uh, JP, please play five seconds of Closing Time by Semisonic. Closing time. Open all the doors and let <laughs> Because so Fox funny. played this when it wasn't looking great for the Vikings. Yep. And I, I was in a crowded bar, people yelling, uh, emotions running high. And I looked at someone. Uh, <laughs> I had just yelled after we had missed an extra point, And I yelled, Eli Manning said it's better to be down four than down three because then you have to go for the win. We've got this. <laughs> And I was just spewing nonsense. Uh, there's something to be said to that. It won Eli a Super Bowl, but I, I don't have a Super Bowl ring, so not the same cachet. Uh, but Fox was playing closing time as it looked like time was running out on the Vikings, and I yelled, Semi-Sonic are from Minneapolis. Something is going to happen. And I had no idea what was going to happen, but uh, a lot did happen. And uh, then you guys took care of business against the Chargers, uh, Corvallis kid intercepting Oregon golden boy, Justin Herbert to seal the damn love deal. To see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think our listeners would probably enjoy a, a playoff matchup between the two teams that the three of us cheer for. It'd be two on one <laughs> against me, which I'm used to every week on this fucking show. Uh, <laughs> kidding. Kind of. Uh, but yeah, I, I had, I had to mention that just because I'm still like, I've tried to talk about this game with friends and I don't even know how because I don't know where to start. But I was trying to think of once the game was over, I was like, this game was crazy before the fumble in the end zone. And there were so many plays after that that right. were just nuts. <laughs> so, yeah, man, congrats on the win. That that Thank looked you. like it was fun. I know exactly where I've seen that game before. And it's watching the mini bebe play Madden. And you know what he does? <laughs> He plays, he switches teams when in mid-game. And so his mistakes are essentially the things that he does well. And I've been watching him play, and that game was honestly like he was just driving all the mistakes with with the sticks all right. night. He, I mean, He it was switched like... from the Vikings to the Bills at <laughs> halftime. And... <laughs> Thanks, Everett. <laughs> Nice. Well, it was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we've got so much uh, Beaver news and good, good Beaver news all, almost across the board here uh, to, to get to. So we've, we've got to move this along and move into the now aptly named 
Reagan beers segment. Reagan beers is not old enough to drink, but we are, <laughs> and we will, and we are doing so right now. <laughs> uh, the beer segment, aka the Reagan beer segment. Uh, shout out Reagan. We'll get more into women's basketball in a little bit, but great game by a uh, freshman Reagan beers. Yeah, and Scott Rook's team two and zero. Shout outs, ladies. Good shit. Hell yeah. Uh JB. Mm. You uh I feel I feel like you you probably coordinated something with this brand new jersey you got on. <laughs> looking shiny, looking spectacular. I love the patch. I love the belligerent The patch guy. does look yeah. sick. Yeah. yeah. It's not really a patch. It's just there. But I mean but it's it like it's sick. like like patch style. Yeah, exactly. So I have I wanted a beer that was as dark as my jersey. That's darker than your jersey. <laughs> That's impossible, but it's happening. It's just absorbing light. <laughs> it's from Great Notion. Heard of them. And uh, I got it a few weeks ago, but I forgot about them in my fridge. But it's called Friends to the End. Aww. which uh, mm. it, it was. It has like a person with like a doll with a oh. knife on the front. So... <laughs> Oh, so friends to the end of this episode, and then we kill each other. That's how I've always wanted to die. Yeah. <laughs> By Chucky. But this is a beer that's like, a, you know, it's a it's a stout. It's an imperial stout. So it's got Ooh. lots of alcohol. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. But you wouldn't realize it because it tastes like a Reese's peanut butter cup. Oh, I am not kidding. Man, that insane. sounds so good. It's insane. I had oh. a beer. I also had a beer this week that tasted like a Reese's peanut butter cup. It's it's kind of it's that time. It's a good time of year for that shit. You know, oh, so, no, so Hall- Halloween's over, but it's still it's still very autumnal or or folly, Benny. Yeah, uh, rich rich candy beers just f- feel feel good on, going down the gullet. Ugh. Ugh. Man. Yeah, so this is Imperial Stout with caramel flavor, peanuts, and cocoa nibs. Dope. Ooh, especially the cocoa nibs. Yeah. That sounds so good. Exactly. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd nibble on some cocoa nibs. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. And your uh, untapped score for this tasty I think beverage. I, dude, I think I gave it like a 4.4. Holy shit. Yeah, it's that good. And when you're squeezing eleven eleven point two percent alcohol into your this mouth, delicious of a beer, yeah, you earned it. You earned the four point four. Wow! Could you run a four four after drinking this four point four beer? Um, do I think that I could? Yes. <laughs> could I? No. Could, yeah. Could I? Four a four 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 yards, not forty <laughs> yards. Four. <laughs> <laughs> And you essentially fall forward quicker than Kirk Cousins tried to at the end of the game. <laughs> it's a it's a medium speed crawl. I did challenge you guys at the uh, the game in Portland to race down the field, and neither of you decided to run with me. It was our first time on a college football field, or at least mine, and I was nervous. <laughs> no, you were in a on the on a college football field during one of the squirt videos. Well, yes, and I was on a college football field when I rushed the field as well. And lost your shoe. Yeah. It it was the first time you were ever allowed to be on a college football field. That's that's right. I didn't want to fuck it up. Yeah. You know, Uh, know, we should tell the shoe story again sometime. Not today. There's way too much to cover, but the shoe story is a good one. We'll we'll table the the shoe story some some future episode. 
Uh, it was probably episode, like episode three, maybe episode, one. Yeah. Episode 142. Uh, my, my left foot is still wet. <laughs> 15 years later. Speaking of wetness and moisture and liquefied uh, joy, uh, Benny, do you have a beverage? No, man. I, but I do have to tell you, I got so outrageously high uh, when the Vikings were playing. It was uh, it was the first time I was uncomfortable in a while. Like intentionally or uh, kind of. I'm really I mean, stressed out for my anything. friend right now. I need to be baked. <laughs> I I've uh, I've cut down quite a bit. And so I took what I normally would have taken months ago. And so, yeah, I'm I'm taking it easy uh, today, but okay. it made it, Yeah, it made for a, um, a really interesting Vikings Bills game that I'm, I'm glad the Vikings won. Yeah. I felt like I had vested interest in it when really yeah, I didn't. Of course. Yeah. Well, you knew you've recorded an episode with me when I'm upset and I think it's more fun when I'm happy. So, yeah, there, there is vested vested interest for sure. Hell yeah. I'm trying to not let my emotions affect other people, uh, but that's, you know, that's. That's that's for my therapy sessions, not my podcasting sessions. Yeah. Um, but it does look like you have a giant bottle of water. Uh, I do. You, and water mm-hmm. is a central ingredient of beer. So you, that is true. You've got like the first, like the first food group of of beer. Yeah, it's like the Kevin the Kevin Malone version of a Big Mac, but for beer. <laughs> if you got? take yeah, if you take one ingredient out of every Big Mac, then in seven Big Macs you'll have a free Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> How the fuck did I forget? <laughs> Brilliant. So I'll just save some barley and hops later. Uh, that Brian Bobgartner is the name. That's the actor. We got to get him on the show. He's funny. No, no ties to Oregon State, but uh, elite, elite Big Mac enthusiast. <laughs> um, I, I've got a got a beer here. Um, in honor of a big win. By my fate, by the best school on the West Coast, the Paris of the Pacific Northwest, and the Harvard of the Pac-12, uh, I have a beer that is a love letter to our favorite West Coast IPAs: sticky, resinous, bitter, maximally dank, mm. and crisp notes of citrus rind, pine trees, and dot 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 other stuff. Whoa! In Ooh. honor of Big Dubs, I have this West Coast IPA called Big Doinks by Fair State Brewing Cooperative. Community owned, uh, which makes me think that the other stuff is definitely weed. Uh, (laughs) Maybe not, probably not, most likely not, but a very good beer, very good West Coast IPA. And yeah, I was just, I was like, oh, fair state. I think I for sure had at least one fair state on uh, this show before down Hmm. the street from me. Good shit, but not big doinks, and probably not a West Coast IPA, actually. So I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's the best named beer we've had featured on our possibly, podcast. Possibly, I like you that. Remember name. when I was going to re-listen to every episode and write down the name of every beer we've ever drank? Uh, yeah, ha- haven't finished that project yet, but maybe <laughs> haven't even started. Someday. This is why we need interns beyond Andy Snacks, who isn't officially an intern but calls himself an intern. <laughs> <laughs> he's a staff I will, writer i will not assign a grown man uh to listen to every single episode of belligerent beeves and write down the beers we're drinking <laughs> uh, i feel like that'd be a violation of, of the better business bureau regardless of no money's involved whatsoever <laughs> but anyways 
raise your beers and cheers to Reagan beers to Reagan beers and beyond to all the big dubs in Beaver Nation this week. Slime yeah. up, motherfuckers. Cheers. So, I don't know if anyone noticed this. It's Monday mm. night when we're recording this, which means it's at least Tuesday morning when you're listening to this, maybe even later. And you probably noticed it early on Sunday when the Vikings were down 27 to 10, probably. And you're like, there's no way they're winning this game. Terry is going to be mad. I'm listening to the Peyton years this week and not belligerent bees because I know Sam will be happy. Crazy how things change, Sam. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Time you realized, oh, shit, there's a tiny little number next to Oregon State football. What's going on? We're ranked again, bitches. Hey! Number 25 in the AP poll. I, I kind of thought, I believed, Dashiell said, not that he didn't say it was justified, but he said if Oregon State loses to Washington, they probably don't get ranked again for the rest of the season. Mm. We've experienced beaver bias our whole goddamn lives. Yeah. Uh, so, but he's probably right, and I am i don't even know where we ended up. I think the... Do the college football playoff rankings come out? They tomorrow. Could, they come out tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll see there. Uh, but to see the respect in the AP poll is uh, good to see, especially coming after a fairly nondescript thirty-eight to ten dismantling against Cal. It was just the type of win you want to see. Uh, the type of win that's maybe not going to get many outs. You would think maybe wouldn't get many outside of the fan base excited or or turn heads much. But it's that kind of win that we've now seen a few of. But it's Oregon State playing an inferior opponent at home. And then just from the get-go, leave, no doubt. And we talk a lot about where we were five years ago. And maybe some people are tired of hearing that. But I think it's an important it's important to measure the scale of what Jonathan Smith has done or the program currently is. Uh, and this is, you know, we lost to both Cal and Colorado last year. Granted, it was on the road, different situations for, for both, but two teams who are trending downwards. And uh, it was, that's this seemed to be the matchup that we've struggled with while trying to elevate this program and get beyond just being respectable winning record style and maybe flirting with nine, 10 wins and you're ranking us. And now you have to pay attention to us style. So 38 to 10, uh, it was pretty much over from the beginning. Wasn't a perfect game by any means, but it was the body of work and taking care of business uh, was what you wanted to see get done. So, uh, Benny, I want to start with you tonight. Sort of just the first, the, the thoughts that are popping off your head. Uh, thinking thinking of this game against Cal, what's like the first thing that you want to be sure to talk about? Yeah, well, uh, number one, it came as a surprise to me that it was the win uh, at or against Cal that pro- uh, propelled us back into the top 25. Yeah, It seemed like it was earlier than what I was expecting, and it was a really, really inferior opponent. I think... Um, you know, on on the podcast last week, we were talking about how, or at least I was talking about how Cal really did look good the last couple of weeks. We did not see that Cal team. And that is not taking anything away from Oregon State. Oregon State's defense especially played phenomenally. Uh, probably their best game that they have played all season. Um, but Cal's offense was clearly <laughs> underperforming, even for a really bad team. Um, but This is what you want to see, because even with Riley, like Oregon State always seem to play down to their opponents. Um, And we're seeing it more and more this year that those inferior opponents 
that Oregon State's playing. You have Colorado and you have Cal, like you said. And those two games were never in question. Um, and that is a really, really good sign. The other thing that uh, like pops out to me is how drastically different of a team Oregon State is on the road versus at home. At home, they just look so comfortable. Um, and I think that that is sort of a work in progress. They've been playing better on the road, but they've also been playing better at home too. Um, so I like that is something that I think Reeser, I, I tweeted out, I think yesterday that Oregon State's only lost one game in Corvallis in the last two years. Um, and that was USC this year. And the stadium's only half done. Like <laughs> we're missing half of the stadium. So I, I really do think that Reeser's a fortress right now. And it is one of the toughest places to play in the Pac-12. Um, and it's going to uh, get even worse. There was somebody that commented on it that said they were sitting next to a Cal fan at the game. And that Cal fan mentioned, they're like, it's going to be an orange hell to play in Reeser once you guys finish this, this stadium. I think it's an orange hell to play in Reeser right now. Um, yeah. But but that certainly is a good point. It, it, as far as like what stood out to me uh, from the game, um, two major things stood out to me. Number one, uh, the the defense as a whole. And we always talk about the secondary, but the run defense, the, yeah. the front seven was absolutely incredible. By far their best game. Um, and on offense, like Damian is, I think we could have said this last week, but like Damian's clearly the number one running back going forward. And, um, the, uh, like Fenwick is amazing. Trey low. Uh, great to see Trey low in, but like, um, and jam went out too. And, and like our running game didn't suffer at all. So, um, th those were my takeaways from the game. Right. Well, I'm excited that you mentioned that thing about the road and this will be probably more of a preview, but like coming up. So this, this Arizona state game is actually really interesting because it is, it's a road game that we will be favored in. Uh, even after they beat Washington, they've kind of been down since then. Mm -hmm. So it's really sort of the first opportunity where they'll play a road team with their, like the clear superior team. Like we've had a pretty tough road schedule. Uh, with the exception of Stanford. <laughs> yeah. We, we managed to pull that one out against Stanford, uh, who beat Notre Dame, who is somehow ranked. Uh, that's why it's like, let's celebrate. Yeah, we're ranked uh, after nine months of being rankings are bullshit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm really eager to see how we respond to a big, big home result uh, on the road against a team we absolutely should beat. And weird things happen in the desert. Weird things do um, happen in the desert. But yeah, I think we should stick with the defense. Uh, and, you know, it was, it's been a great year for the defense. JP, I think you've called this the best defense in the country before. And yeah. I'm not even, I'm not even going to push back. I'm not pushing back. Imagine that. Wow. Uh, it, but it even seemed like, and I know we're, we're playing, we're playing a team that's, that's not, uh, you know, rewriting record books. Uh, or anything like that, but we seemed even quicker to the ball than we've been. Like it seemed like the defense came out with the prerogative that we're shutting this down right away. Uh, our guy Chatfield was all over the place. Kyrie Fisher Morris had an incredible game. Uh, Skylar Thomas getting more run than it seemed like he had in a while. Uh, Ryan Cooper Jr. had some big hits too. Like on that side of the ball, sort of what was your uh, reaction or, or thoughts to the way? uh the the team played and even though it's an inferior opponent it's it was maybe one of the best performances we've seen from trent bray 
Well, I thought it was interesting because going into this game, like I, it was pretty clear that Cal, Jaden Ott at Cal, there has been a lot of talk about you know him and Damian being kind of the uh, the two star freshmen in in the conference at running back. But a lot of what Ott does is out of receiving in the backfield. It isn't really his running game, and so well, uh, first and foremost, I love that we just shut down their running game, like. We gave them no hope at all that they were going to get anything going. But the best part was to me was I was very curious to see how are we going to handle a back that is shifty who can catch the ball out in the flat and and make big plays. And we shut that down too. So that was my biggest concern because I don't think we had really seen that yet. We had seen the mobile quarterbacks. We'd seen that we'd seen the fast receivers. We've seen the powerful running backs like, we hadn't seen a guy who can kind of combine all of that in a way that to make it difficult to scheme a defense for him even. So Bray called the right plays, the players showed up in the right spots, and they made the stops that when they needed to. But also, also, they gave up zero first downs uh, due to penalties all game. Good point. You know, that makes me excited, buddy. Yes. <laughs> so it wasn't like they were like playing their asses off, but still making boneheaded mistakes and letting Cal move down the field. They were a roadblock. There was nowhere to go for the yeah. Cal offense. And that set the tone all game. I mean, like from the beginning of the game, they set that tone. And honestly, to like, I know we were talking about defense, but like it helped and that helped the offense. It helped the offense a lot because this was probably the, one of the first games they played all season where they didn't have to do more than they might actually be capable of doing on a regular basis. Everyone kind of played within their game and executed how they were supposed to, and, and especially with the injuries that started to mount up. And they still won decisively. And it wasn't a, they weren't trying to like go into a shootout. They weren't trying to play from behind. They just got to play their game. And that's why, like, if you look at the offensive numbers, like, other than Damien's, like, no one else really stands out. I mean, uh, Trayshawn right. Harrison, of course, had the 79 yards, eight receptions. But, like, it, it wasn't like there was some stellar performance on offense. But everyone did incredible at their role. And they didn't have to do more than that they had you know, really been asked to do. So, right. shout out to the defense. They set the tone all game. They made it easy for everybody. Absolutely. And it made it easy on us as fans as well. Real quick, to your point about uh, no one really standing out on offense, it's 100, in terms of stats, it's 100% true. And I almost think that that is worthy of a nod to Lindgren. Like, yeah. he he really was getting the Wait, ball. You, you don't want to fire Lindgren today? Well, yeah, but don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I'm saying that I know. as, as, None as, of as a, yeah, no, it's none a of good a thing yeah. that we side. didn't have to have the one person I'm making go, fun like, solo of superstar. Yeah, for sure. Go three and out one time in one game, and you see Oregon State Twitter go fire Lindgren. That's, <laughs> I know this yeah. is a lot of just beaver passion. Whatever. We're we're this is a pro Lindgren uh, outfit. Yeah, and, yeah, and it will I, be for the near future. I, I I think he did a really good job of getting the ball in Treshawn's hands, and that really opened things up for Damian, obviously. Um, but it's been a challenge, right? Like 
all year long with with Chance having the troubles that he had, and then Gold Branson coming in and like Lingren well, even before is really that, though, the his... drops, the drops across the entire right, season right, right. So Branson like... had a big drop too. It was people were kind of hating on Gold Branson for not pushing it downfield, and Treshawn Harrison is my favorite player on this team. Uh, but I, we were talking on on the on our own private Manny cast, public Manny cast, I guess. Uh, it was like I want to see a throw from Gold Branson because we, we he hadn't even thrown it very far downfield, and then he yeah. just drops a dime, and mm-hmm. Harrison can't haul it in. So uh, yeah. there's been a lot of a, a lot of plays, not necessarily just like on Gold Branson or on Harrison or uh, one single player, but just a lot of plays where you could see the scheme work. And the yeah. execution just didn't quite get there. So mm-hmm. I Maybe, think a game well, like this. Or they did get there, like the uh, the Coletto pass. The Coletto pass was great. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, I do, uh, I, yeah, I want to say one more, just on the defense before we talk on offense. Uh, Jaden Ott, uh, four catches for six yards. That is a season low for him in the receiving game. And uh, eight carries for 20 yards. Also a season low rushing yards for uh, a freshman running back who I'm sure is going to have a great career is obviously very talented, uh, but I, I like yeah. our guy just a little bit better. And they'll both the, be playing on Sundays. The unfair advantage is that our guy Damian Martinez is not playing against the Oregon State off uh, Oregon State defense, but that's what the, you come with the Paris of the Pacific Northwest for. One other stat on defense worthwhile to throw out is uh, Oregon State let Cal obtain 160 yards in in total offense. Their previous low in terms of holding a team to total yards was i believe 269 um nice. against uh yeah noise against montana state so <laughs> i mean like that, that's such a huge gap that's 100 yards less than their previous low i mean that just shows you truly how dominant that performance was for sure for sure we do need to probably talk a little bit about the uh injury concerns um Today or yesterday, Smith mentioned that the injuries that uh, took place uh, by or that that Oregon State sustained are not at the moment season-ending injuries. Everyone uh, is day to day, but the big ones, obviously, Jack Coletto went down, got up gingerly. It's a left hamstring injury. Uh, Jam Griffin sustained what looked like a concussion. I don't know if anyone's come out and said it's a concussion. Uh, and then both on the offensive line, Talisi Fuaga and uh, Henley Bloomfield all can't walked off the field eventually uh but couldn't you know put a lot of weight uh, on their legs so this is the first time we've had fenwick also didn't suit up fenwick also didn't suit yeah. up so i was gonna say this isn't the first time we've had some injuries this year it's it was most of these were in like a four minute sequence too yeah mm-hmm. uh but it's the the definitely the first game where we've gotten bit by the injury bug this hard uh, mm-hmm. Trey Lowe did come back and it was great to see him again. Uh, so, so awesome. Welcome back, Trey. Uh, he may be playing a lot next week if Jam and Fenwick can't go, but I, the depth of this team is going to get tested. Uh, I'd say, you know, Coletto, the possibility of losing Coletto, uh, who also shout out is a final four finalist for the Horning award and absolutely should win it. But he does so much for this team. It's it's hard to see him go out, and then you don't even really know what the next step is. And the offensive line, which has been just nails for this team the last two years, lost Marco Brewer for the season before this week. Uh, and my first reaction when Brewer went out was just like, thank God we have Bloomfield. 
and yeah. now we don't know. So it's just you. Every team has their injuries. We've it's mysteriously, you know, the Musgrave injury. Uh, it doesn't. I'm guessing he's not playing again. Uh, I was guessing he's not <laughs> playing again for Oregon State. Uh, yeah, I feel like he can still go pro and get drafted pretty high without playing another college football game. Go ahead, make your money, Luke. Uh, but now it's it's going to be really interesting to see late in the week who's expected to play. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm holding my breath a little bit. I put this in our Discord because Smith and his staff are intentionally vague around injuries. And I think a lot of it has to do with the way that they scheme for their play calling relies heavily on personnel. Um, more so maybe than a lot of schools in the pack, at least where we are in the like the fight for the standings, because we have a lot of standout talent and we've got some decent depth, but we're not there yet where anyone can kind of just jump in and do what the defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator had intended a different player to do. I mean, we kind of see this with, with Ben and, and Chance, right? That's why they've limited the, the deep throws that Ben has had the last few weeks. Um, and so they're vague about it because they don't want they don't want to have to throw the entire playbook out the window or let another coach be able to throw that playbook out the window. I'm like, we don't have to worry about any of this. They're mm-hmm. going to simplify it, whatever. But every time it's somebody's been day-to-day, Luke Musgrave was day-to-day. He was week-to-week. I mean, I, I'm, just, right. I'm still concerned, and I, I will be concerned until I see them on the field Saturday playing, playing, not suited, not you know a game time decision. I want to see them out there. I want to see them getting snaps, and then you'll know who's healthy enough to play against Oregon. Because if they're not playing against Arizona State, unless it's Jack Coletto, they're not playing against Oregon. Maybe, but here's here's just a random thought that I have, and I don't agree with this. But maybe the coaches, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe the coaches are are in this court. Um, it's a pretty foregone conclusion that we're going to play the Sun Bowl. Like, if if you listen to what Dashiell's saying, it ninety five percent chance is probably conservative um, for for our chances to play in the Sun Bowl. So, like, that's not to say that this game doesn't mean anything because it does. And I think if you can end up nine and three going into bowl season versus uh, eight and four, I mean that's that's a difference and and that's worth playing for. But With that being said, I think we can all agree that the game the following week is more important in the eyes of every single fan. So do you hold any of these players out knowing that it's not going, what happens in Tempe is not going to change where we play our bowl game. I I don't think. So just interested in what your guys thought. No, I agree. That's that's, fair. That's fair. But I don't think that that's how the coaches are thinking. I think right now they've hit a threshold of seven wins they've they've caught what they did last year but like you want if you want to show it's not just how do you do you want to show the, the average fan that you're improving like they, they'd love to do that but they care about recruits they care about boosters they yeah. care about showing the athletic department look at this look how much we've improved every single win matters jonathan smith got a, a an entire year extension added to his contract for that seventh regular season win it isn't like now let's wrap it up we got the year right. like there's, these there's guys need to show to improvement a little bit better than the sun bowl which is a little bit more money and that's a, usually something that's like a little bit more money for the assistant pool and we can all agree that that's huge <laughs> that we have a great staff here and 
I think these guys like coaching for Smith. But Benny, I agree with you that this isn't going to probably change the outcome of the bowl game. Right. But I think that they are coaching for a lot if more Fulaga than that. If is 56%, do you start him in a game at Arizona State that you should probably win without yeah, him? Yeah, because you could always take him out of the game. Sure, but also like we were kind of when and now you know Gold Branson started uh, every game since, but it, we were is it Ben or is it Chance? Is it Ben or is it Chance? It's like, well, we're playing Colorado, so they might as well put Ben in because you're going to beat Colorado either way. Um, and I know Arizona State is a little bit better than Colorado, and it's on the road, and weird shit happens in the desert. Uh, but I don't know if you're being there, there's going to be an element of being pragmatic with some of these guys and uh smith's got some interesting decisions to make i'm i'm you know excited to sort of see what he does i hope these guys all feel better and and get better and are healthy uh first and foremost but it's it's a chance to sort of see how he approaches an interesting situation and we haven't had a ton of of those opportunities in, in his regime so this is yeah it's an it's it's an interesting position he's in i i think you have to throw everything at this arizona state game it, it really really stands out to me as I a trap game it stands out to me as a trap game and um for as likely as it is that oregon state plays in the sun bowl it's not set in stone and i think by so if you go into the bowl season at nine and three and you get picked for the Sun Bowl. Like I just realized this recently, like this year, um, that that the bowl games now have like parity to choose who they want to come and play. So if yeah. if we're within one game of uh, of another school, yeah. um, then the higher bowl game can choose that school that may have finished below us in the standings, but only by one game. And I right. think. I think you like we should draw attention to that. That's that's like in my opinion, as a fan of a of a school like Oregon State, that's bullshit. Like that's fucked up. And so draw I don't attention know if to it's that. Bullshit. Make... It's definitely horseshit. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's dog it's shit. It's, it's, it's more yeah, dog it shit a... than bullshit. Uh, well, it's, but, it, but what yeah. you're saying, Benny, is if you lose to Arizona State, you lose your ranking. If you beat Arizona State, you either stay the same or improve a little bit because likely at least one team in the the realm above you will lose. And then, like you're so you're saying, going nine and three, that that means wins against Arizona State and wins against Oregon, and yeah. then some ESPN backed whatever Holiday Bowl, Alamo Bowl, Vegas Bowl, whatever bowl makes more money than the Sun Bowl is going to have to say no to an Oregon State team that just beat the vomit colored highlighter unis in a. <laughs> high-profile game that almost is guaranteed to not be on Pac-12 Network. If it is, then just fuck it. Let's shut it all down and never do this again because it's there's no point. But getting that eighth win like you talked about, Jay, it's it's kind of like I feel like we're all ag- agreeing aggressively on the same point. Yeah, uh, This is a big game uh, that moves the needle quite a bit more than – you'd think playing a sub 500 team on the road in November really. Yeah. The whole reason I brought that up is to just play out a quick little scenario for you. I think that we can all agree that Oregon uh, was exposed and they're, they're, they're having to face Utah now, right? That's their next game. And so there's a really, really strong chance 
if we go down to Tempe and win, that we're playing Oregon for the right to finish higher in the Pac-12. Because we both end the season with three Pac-12 losses, but we would have had the tiebreaker on Oregon. And I want to force some bowl games hand to choose Oregon over us because like, I don't know, like as an Oregon state fan, you, you sort of thrive off shit. I don't like give that. a put Oregon in the super bowl. If they lose to us, I don't give a shit. <laughs> if they lose, I do. Us, they lose to us. You, you, you won't give a shit if a bowl game chooses Oregon over us when we finished higher in the standings. If Oregon loses to Utah and we beat Arizona state and then we beat Oregon and we're both nine and three and we have the tiebreaker, I'm not going to get all upset because the holiday bowl picked the program with more money like i will i won't go to the holiday bowl when we get there next time well we won't be playing so well we'll be in the rose bowl but (laughs) But i'll be so mad about it it'll it'll be so obviously shitty though benny that it'll be so easy to make fun of like i'll just laugh that's what i agree that's why my point is too like it'd just be like okay really you guys are as okay, blind, have, stupid as every other. Have fun at the slightly who, better bowl game. Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe, maybe, maybe that's the feeling or the emotion that I want to exude, not anger, because I don't know right. if I'd actually be mad. It would be funny to point out, though. It's kind of comical. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's like it's dark comedy. Yeah, <laughs> we love dark. Comedy yeah, yeah, right. On this show, we but are. I wanna, we are a dark comedy what podcast? podcast? No, I was gonna. I was. We're gonna a move bad on. comedy podcast. <laughs> I was going to move We're on. We're a British me. humor podcast. That's why well, Terry didn't laugh. Anyways, I wanted to say one thing. This game is definitely on ESPN or it's definitely on ABC. There is no Pac-12 network associated with this. With not, I'm not talking about Arizona State. With the game against Oregon, the Civil War. Arizona State's ESPN too. So we're off Pac-12 network. Forever. I don't know. I'm I'm not in the ESPN production meetings. I don't get that invite. I've seen tweets that it's. I have it's too. Either, I yeah. have too. Ever since Elon bought Twitter, the whole website's been a bastion of truth, and accuracy, <laughs> and. Dil- I just muted him. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I was kidding. Twitter's none of those things. But, uh, you know, we saw tweets from reputable, rep, reputable. That's my autumnal, Benny. Autumnal. It's autumn, autumnally reputable. Uh, reporters saying that there's it's the 730 Pac-12 network slots in, in the window. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying it will be. I'm just saying that that's what I saw. You're yelling at me for hearing things that other people no, said, JP. No, no, no. I'm not yelling at you. I'm just saying, like... On this day, Luke, I'm trying to celebrate Luke Losher being added to the Ray Guy Award watch list, and you're yelling at me about this Pac-12 network shit. I'm big into Losher getting on the Ray Guy watch list. Hunters are people, too. Yeah, we're we're a Losher podcast. However, I just... I mean, it, it's like... It's like fear-mongering, like... Oh no! the The Civil War might be on the Pac-12 network. Like, there's probably a ambiguously worded press release from the Pac-12 that set this all in motion. I'm blame I'm blaming the conference for this. That's fine. I don't no. have a problem with that. And we're literally arguing the same point. And now we spent ten minutes on Pac-12 network bullshit when we all think the same thing. Games on ESPN or ABC. Oregon State wins 37-13 in the desert. JP, what do you have? <laughs> I'm checking my notes. I've got uh, a warm November evening in Tempe. It's just what the doctor ordered for what's to be the final tune-up before the Civil War. 
The Sun Devils have been in a downward spiral ever since the shocking upset of Utah back in late September. That didn't happen. That was in my universe. But but they beat Washington. They yeah. beat Washington. So yeah. You're close. Yeah. But now I've got Fenwick. Hopefully he suits up. And Martinez, our you, dude. You saw the U in your in your d- predicting dreams, and you just didn't realize that it was a double U. Maybe. You thought you were so high you were seeing double, so it was probably just one U, but it was really a double I U. I know. It's because I had two of these uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup beers. Oh, it sounds so good. <laughs> I've got Fenwick and Martinez combined for four touchdowns. Okay. And we win 48 to 6. Whoa. It's a drunk scoreline. Damn. All right. So this worked for us last week, and I'm going to say this game's close. And I actually think this game is going to be close. I'm going to say uh, Beavs win uh, 30, 35 to 24, but it's going to feel closer than that. And um, I, I just like with the injuries, especially on the offensive line, that really scares me. We don't, we talked about it earlier that this game or this team is plays differently on the road more so than your average college football team, I think. Um, and uh, weird stuff does happen in the desert. Um, I think Oregon State pulls us out They're They are a far better team than Arizona State, um, but it's, it, it could feel like a nail biter, I think. Right. Terry, can you pronounce Arizona State's running back? first name which one i'm not oh the nice try you try to get me to say Ari- it. <laughs> arizona state running backs first name google deshaun stevenson's t-shirt from last night <laughs> <laughs> all right hang on give me give me a chance he has more letters at the the like the final 18 percent of the alphabet in his name than maybe any person in the history of the world. Xavion Valade. Is that right? I don't know. I think it it's the... X A Z A V I A N. I would I would guess that's pronounced Xavion. I I would guess it's X Xavion. Xavion? Like, like you pronounce the X, Xavion. Like how some people pronounce Xavier Xavier. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Xavion. Yeah, there's just there's just another A tucked in there. Have you ever seen a name that has X Y Z? He doesn't in, have it. Uh, well, he has Y in the last full name. name. Yeah. Mm. Uh, maybe I have. I uh, would have to go through the Rolodex of my entire life to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had that. That would be nice. Would it? <laughs> I I think it would be nice. Just, you know, I believe in records. Who are you calling? <laughs> I'm not calling anybody. Those days are over. I behave myself now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's it's you know I I believe in being a record keeper. Um, anyway, that's it for football. <laughs> Those are all my notes on football. We mentioned men's basketball. Jordan Pope named back 12 freshman of the week. Go listen to the Peyton Years podcast so that Sam isn't still mad at me for the Vikings beating the Bills. Um, yeah, that's in our sponsorship agreement. Uh, I have to mention the Peyton Years six more times on the show. The Peyton Years, the Peyton Years, <laughs> the Peyton Years, the Peyton Years, the Peyton Years. Uh, hope go to Gill tomorrow or, or tonight or last night, whenever we <laughs> edit this. Uh, Bushnell University. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, Oregon State men's basketball is three and zero. Gill dog and a Gill beer. 
Yes. Beer at Gilnau, the most what? exciting development. Yes. Yeah, they sell beer at Gilnau, baby. No. Oh, I'm I'm God. jealous of Benny. Benny's the least online of all three of us, and it's the best. But somehow, like Benny, you don't have a lot of followers, but then you'll like tweet like man, Flamin' Hot Cheetos are good, and you get 97 likes off that shit. <laughs> I, I don't get it, but I love it. I'm envious of it. <laughs> Flaming Hot Cheetos are good, and it deserves 97 likes. And I like to have my Flamin' Hot Cheetos at Legendary Gil Coliseum with an ice-cold beer. <laughs> I'm not sure what kind of beer they have, but they should call it Reagan beer. Oh, yeah, they should. Honestly, though, I am really, really excited for this. And I think this was something that really hit me last year when we were at the game all together, both men's and women's. <laughs> you were, we were watching two Oregon State basketball losses, and you are like, the fact that this universe yes. is expecting me to watch this without a drink in my hand is cruel and unusual punishment. It felt like it felt, I was just like stumbling through the concourse, the main level concourse where you're essentially walking past offices, and you're like, where's the food? Where are they hiding the food? And then you go upstairs and you're like, oh, here's the food. And then you're like, but where? where's the where's the good where's, food? Where's the and, beer? And then you go, but who's hiding the beer? Someone in this goddamn building has beer in their office for uh, all we know. And they you know weren't sharing. we're talking to right now. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to say it, Amy Sinicola. <laughs> Amy Sinicola of the Oregon State University Athletic Department has never <laughs> promised beer on the premises of Legendary Guild Coliseum to the Babes, any Babes host, or any Babes guest. This For all we know, she doesn't even drink And beer. a dramatization. Yeah. She does. I, I... <laughs> Anyways, it's it's kind of surprising that it took Gil this long to be able to to sell beer. I know there's some logistical requirements, right? Like, I mean, you have to one bring in kegs, and where are you bringing in kegs through the front door of Gil? Is there even like a uh, like a like a ramp, truck ramp at Gil? Is there a loading dock? I don't think there is. May there's well, there's got to be. Man, do you think this podcast episode needs a longer and more pregnant pause about the? possibility <laughs> of the existence of a loading dock at Gill Coliseum. I think I'll just have Jack Coletto manhandle the kegs, put one over each shoulder and bring yeah. them into Gill. Right. But how do they they load it balance one on the top of his head. <laughs> have you ever seen have you ever seen a college sized basketball court delivered to an arena before? What? It takes a pretty massive truck. So like they've they loaded the basketball court in somewhere and all of the other equipment. Oh, somewhere. did I not tell you that is one of my favorite things to do is to watch a <laughs> basketball court be delivered into an arena. I see it all the time. Odd question. <laughs> Odd question. Uh, when you handle credentials at professional sports arenas for your er, a couple years in your early 20s for minimal to no pay. However, here's what I really wanted to say. I have spent far too many times hiding behind a dumpster at halftime to slam a tall boy of a PBR or a Keystone so only to return to Gill and puke and it all up. No, and lose my buzz before it's like, you know, the end of the game. So 
Shout out to the athletic department. Why did it take so long? Why did Reeser get it uh, after Goss got it? Football always gets things first. Well, Goss got it first. Did they? Goss had beers first. They had a beer garden in the left field line. Yes, they did. Oh, true. I didn't say no. I said that doesn't make sense. Oh, I thought you said I don't make sense, which is true. Well, none of us make sense. Yeah. Um, I'd like to analyze the architecture of Legendary Guild Coliseum further. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> I remember getting a beer at that 2009 game at UNLV and just the concept of holding a beer at a college sports game being like, whoa, this is <laughs> radical. Uh, and then a year or so later, uh, the, the Gophers football stadium had it. So I thought like it was a slowly a, a football thing. And then a few years after that, Reeser got it. Uh, so I thought the NCAA was just kind of doing it like, well, the football fans got to be drunk and we're making millions of dollars off of it. Um, that's how NCAA executives talk. Uh, I know. I can't imagine Reeser without beer now. Right. They didn't <laughs> right? have it when we were in school. I know. But it was like, like 2012. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, it was after 2012 because it was. Uh, I don't give a shit about the, ex- the specifics on the. It was when the terrace went in. No, the doors of Gill are 12 by 10, not 11 <laughs> yeah. by 8, you idiot. They can't fit a whole keg. So if or you- a whole basketball court in through those doors. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know whose game can span an entire basketball court and even further is uh, Talia von Olhoffen. Yes, I'm moving us forward. I like uh, that. Good transition. Women's basketball start. Uh, we did our dry run on playback during the game against Seattle last Thursday. Talia von Olhoffen, great game, 22 points. Her handle, still filthy. Or more, more filthy. More filthy. Ooh. More filthy. Yeah. Uh, then it has been. In the past, a lot to like about this game. Uh, Seattle hung tough for a while, but uh, Scott Ruick and the team uh, really, uh, really uh, flexed their will and uh, ended up getting a blowout victory. Uh, I think that uh, I'm really excited about seeing a game or seeing a team with Talia as its best player, which I do believe and see how far they can take it. I do believe that AJ Marat will be the team's leading scorer. It's been great to see her get in buckets. Uh, Elena Mitrovic, who has improved so much each year, uh, looks even better this year and had, I like, was on triple double watch with blocks as the third. What? Didn't quite get there, but had double double and also had like six or seven blocks. Uh, so we you know we were really excited. We talked about this on the playback about how excited we were for the, uh, you know, post play last year with Taylor Jones and Kennedy Brown that just didn't really get to come to fruition. This year, it's a little bit different with Yelena Mitrovic and Reagan Beers, different types of players, but they both look great so far. They both had double-doubles on Thursday, and Reagan, she's a young player, but there is wisdom beyond her years in her game. I was and it was going to say that, too. so fun to watch her play against, in, against Seattle. Yeah. I mean, she plays like an experienced collegiate athlete. Um, her court awareness in general is, is really phenomenal for a freshman. And then... Not to mention some of her her inside moves are you know it's like when you are supposed to be a power forward center and you come out of high school men's or women's hoops you're usually a project 
The coaches work with you on your footwork. Right. They work. There was. With there's you probably an touch. oddly timed growth spurt at some awkward age that you're still figuring out. That's <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Like, but like that isn't. That doesn't seem to be the case with her. With her game right now, that can help this team take itself to the next level. I know she took a bunch of outside shots, or not outside, outside of the key shots. They didn't drop, but I love her aggressiveness and her eagerness to shoot those. She's only shooting them because she knows she can make them. They're not falling right now. They will fall later. But the stuff that you'd expect out of any you know center or forward, she's delivering that and more. And so I just feel like I, I think I said this on actually I know I said this on the uh, playback stream, the Belligerent Beavs TV stream. Reagan Beers will be Pac-12 Freshman of the Year, and I Ooh. believe that. Yep, it's a good call. Yeah, it's a good call. You heard it here first. They are off until Thursday of this week. They host Eastern Washington. So a bit of a break uh, after two uh, exciting wins to, to start the year. Um, and yeah, again, uh, men's basketball hosting Bushnell, which sounds like a beer. At, <laughs> it does sound like a beer. <laughs> at Gale on Tuesday night. Where you can uh, get then, beer. Where you can get beer. Man, uh, 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 you get a Bushnell. Bushnells. And watch the boys beat Bushnells. Uh, and then I think that it. was the I think that was the name of my high school football coach was Bushnell. Mm. But now that I say it out loud, maybe not. <laughs> so you can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, JP, keep it in. <laughs> the people need to know what Benny's high school coach wasn't named. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, after that, I'm talking over anyone who tries to keep this dumb bit going longer. Uh, <laughs> men's basketball also plays Portland State, and then it's on to the PK 3,000, 3 million 85. Uh, in Portland, going into that tournament four and zero would be so fun. I don't want to jinx anything. Would we beat Duke to go five and zero? Yes. On Thanksgiving Day, we're yes. emerging from the Memorial Coliseum at two p.m. in the Thanksgiving light, just plastered. <laughs> Should we go make Thanksgiving dinner? No, let's go back to Marathon Jay. There's some World Cup games we need to watch and bet on and keep drinking. Will they let us rush the court? No, they will in not. Moda? But we'll try. I will. Not at Moda. Maybe at Memorial Coliseum though. Wait, we what? Play. What did you ask? Oh yeah, it's at Memorial Coliseum. Oh, if yeah. Memorial Col- if we can rush the court at Memorial Coliseum when we beat Duke. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That they don't really give cool. a shit about Memorial Coliseum. Have you been there lately? They do not care. They're I've like, yeah. Never, can you, I've can you never tear the walls down while you're at it Coliseum. so we can claim insurance on this place? No one will let us tear it down. <laughs> will, it will needs they, to go. Will they condemn the building during the Duke-Oregon State game? <laughs> like, oh, it's not even Coach K coaching? Yeah, fuck this. When was the last time you guys were there? So I've never I, been inside of it. Okay. Never. You'll I like have. this then. Okay. Yeah. You'll like this though, Terry. Because every day I worked for the Blazers, I walked past it, didn't go inside. Uh, it reminds me of if the universe picked up Candlestick Park, put it inside of a basketball arena, and put a roof over the top. Okay. So I just. So it sucks. Yes. The concourses are small. There's random doors leading from the concourse to the actual bowl. And then there's also doors right next to those doors that go to bathrooms. So you're playing 
you're just guessing. Am I going through this nondescript door to a bathroom? Or am I going through this nondescript door to my Behind seat? door number three can be the <laughs> urinal you seek or certain death. <laughs> Mr. Bertram, step right up, young man. Will you get to pee or will you be cast into a fiery chasm and meet your doom? Well, the, uh, the doors the doors to the bowl have to be really big, right? Because you have to no, be able to fit basketball courts through them. They're 300-year-old French <laughs> doors. No, this this basketball court was literally just uh, each – it was tile by tile. So they were basically moving in coaster-sized pieces of the floor and super gluing them together. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we play it in my day. No one cares, Grandpa. <laughs> dunk now. Shut up. <laughs> Bob Cousy isn't walking through those French doors down, down the fucking <laughs> – Concourse to get to the floor, all right? Order the bathroom. Play above the rim now. Order the, Order bathroom. the bathroom. But we don't know where Bob Cousy's going. He he went through a door and no one's seen him in 37. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the, the bowels of the Memorial Coliseum going, how do I get out of here? <laughs> you want another one of your great uh, historical projects. Uh, look up the number of times Oregon State basketball, men's or women's, or or any other Oregon State athletic team competed at Memorial Coliseum. Because I have a hunch that that was probably the last event that Bernice was an active mascot for, and someone kidnapped her and trapped her and hid her somewhere in that stadium. And while we're there for that Oregon State Duke game will be our chance to free Bernice once and for all uh, to have her join the Beaver fam where she belongs. Yes. We talked about men's soccer. Shout out again to Terry Boss and the Oregon State Beavers. What a boss. Uh, This will be the last time you hear from us at least in a full podcast format before they host their NCAA tournament game on Sunday. So go to the fucking game, y'all. We don't know what time it is, and we don't know who they're playing. Be there all day. No, it's on Sunday. And you already know Kirk Cousins is going to outduel Dak Prescott and lead the Vikings to a 9-1 and victory in a very nondescript game. Also, they sell beer at Paul Arantzfield. Also, what? it can really be a frenzy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that shit. Yeah. Wow. A beer-soaked yeah. frenzy at Paul Lorenzi. Yeah. So we, we play the winner of Portland and UC Riverside? Yes. And then after that, we would play either Western Michigan, Louisville, or Lipscomb. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love i love a i love a frost brewed cold bushnell it feels so good right when it hits my lips come oh my <laughs> uh so that was episode 71 of the belligerent peeves podcast we're gonna <laughs> uh, end here now and forever uh <laughs> Good luck to Oregon State men's soccer. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. JP's Let's go. going to the game even if he doesn't know it yet. Everyone, in the, if you're within 100 miles of Corvallis, you have to be at this fucking game. Come on. Come on. Record, Come on. Record, we didn't, we didn't break it earlier this year. It's like four, it's 1,450 or something. 1,425 is the record. Anyway, let's get more than 1,500 people at this fucking soccer game. Wait, is next Sunday? Aren't the you here next Sunday? No, I get in on Tuesday. Oh, I might go. Okay. What if I got in on Sunday? Would you not go? 
Oh no! I would then I would definitely go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Terry, I'm out of town. I get, I get it on Tuesday. Yeah. Hey, also get excited for Tuesday, November twenty second. Uh, I land in Portland and we'll be in town for almost a full week. And if you want to hang out, we can hang out. Or we, if you don't want to hang out, we don't have to hang out. We can do both. <laughs> or or neither. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's men's soccer, uh, baseball. Uh, Benny's boy. Julio Rodriguez. I saw that. The prince that was promised. Uh, AL Rookie of the Year. Well-deserved. Great season for the M's. Amazing player. Uh, never thought I'd see myself cheering against him, but I had to in the AL Rookie of the Year race because he beat out Adley Rutschman, who finished second, and Stephen Kwan, who finished third. So Yep, yep. As I, I was I was cheering against them, too. I, I would have loved to see Kwan or Rushman uh, get Rookie of the Year. But lots, lots of trophies ahead for those two. Kwan deserved it the most. I agree. Yeah. He, play, he, he played the most consistently. He had the most consistent season, and I think he had the biggest impact on his team. He was honored with Agreed. a gold glove, which is pretty dope as a rookie. I feel that baseball, especially the awards voters and shit, so traditionalists. We got rookies don't win gold gloves. I just imagine yep. someone's probably said that in one of those dumb rooms before. Kwani <laughs> uh, deserves the most. I think Rushman's probably the could be the best player of all three of those guys. J Rod had the most exciting season though. Yep. That's that's the thing. Like they want the hype. Baseball needs yeah. the hype. Baseball needs the hype. So baseball does need the hype. I I have no qualms with Rodriguez winning the award. Just ha- me neither. No, just no, ha- no. Just, I just want to see the game celebrating all of these all these dudes, and I hope that there is some fucking hype put on to the matchups when uh, Quan and Rutschman uh, play against each other in the yeah. next year. And uh, don't think it's much of a tease to say we'll probably host a belligerent Beavs watch party for at least one of those games. Yep. <laughs> yep. On Baby's TV. Get, get ready for a, the drunkest seventh inning stretch of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, and even more good news, just a good, just a good news week. You'll love to see it. Oregon state women's cross country selected for the 2022 national championships. They're going to the fucking dance too. Yeah. What a fall so far. It's been a great fall. A great fall. It's been a great life for me because I went to Oregon state university. Uh, The Harvard of the Pac-12 and the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. You love to see it. You love to see it. Well, good luck, ladies, at the national championships. We'll be watching. Um, Yeah. You two got anything else? Anything else you want to plurg? Anything else you want to shout out? Uh, Any early 2000s basketball players you'd like to talk about? Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage? Oh, yeah, Mike Bibby and his muscles. Shout out to him and them. <laughs> Definitely them. I feel Don't like hurt my, me. I feel like every one of Mike Bibby's muscles have names that he's given them and talks to them entirely seriously and not ironically at all. <laughs> oh, man, I think that puts the cherry on top of another thrilling episode of the belligerent beefs podcast thank you so much for listening thank you for following thank you for everyone who tuned in to our first ever watch party on playback uh if you aren't signed up for playback tv yet go do so now you can find the links to do that on all of our socials i am terry horseman at terry horseman on twitter 
at Terrence Horseman on Instagram.com for your formal and British themed social media in. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Keep doing it. I love it. Oh, it makes me think nice. of the Harry Potter video game and how soon it's out every time. No, do it. stop. Go on. Okay. Should I finish the episode now, JP? Yes. Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, a.k.a. Benny with the good quaff. Benny Scoops. Benny Bedlam because he's fucking crazy. Benny Drip System. Benny Human Poop in the garden of his front yard in Tacoma, <laughs> which is a normal Tacoma. I was Thank not sure where you're going with that. I guess. <laughs> But I approve. L1986 on your social media channels. You can find him there. You can find his face tattooed on Mike Bibby's middle left bicep. And on the inseam of the brand new Chopham jersey. Uh, it's hidden. You have to find it. But you can get it at belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. And, of course, always the, the brains behind the whole operation. JP Bertram at the Trill J on Twitter at the underscore Trill underscore J because he's too Trill to be real when he's not celebrating to Christian McCaffrey Niners highlights. He's editing this show perfectly, adding in all of our five seconds requests, one of which was made by him tonight. And at JP Bertram on the instas follow us at belligerentbeeves on twitter at belligerentbeeves on instagram i've been told we are on mastodon i'm still not sure what that is but i do know <laughs> it was a dope zord in the original power rangers series yes yeah that definitely existed it's always morphin time in the beaver fam and uh tiktok i think we have one uh, uh -huh. facebook we're on it but like reluctantly because we're uh we're we're not the uncle you're really really not excited to see on thanksgiving but like him we do have a facebook so you can go follow us there if you want to i guess you serve the 60 plus community <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh but yes. for sure but for sure for sure for sure find us on playback for sure for sure for sure for sure go to paul loren's field uh this sunday and make it a goddamn frenzy where you can buy beer and for sure for sure for sure for sure for sure for sure enjoy a nice bush nils on your lips come uh, while you're watching Oregon State Athletics win a bunch of games this week. And it's the desert, man. It's arid. It's dry. You got to hydrate with a bushnell on your lips, come. <laughs> it is time yeah. to end this show now, Terry. From all of us at the Belligerent Beast, thank you for listening. Tune in again next week at the same goddamn time within 36 hours or so. Uh, for the 72nd episode <laughs> of the Belligerent Beast Podcast. And no matter what else you ever fucking do, remember that you can't spell chop em without motherfucking hope. Chop em! Chop em! Chop em! Why was that so aggressive? And bring back Bernice. Love y'all! <laughs> <laughs>